Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. This is Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am sitting in my hotel room in Hawaii, and I am on by Zoom with Dr. Millicent Ravello, who is sitting in Los Angeles, California. How are you doing, Millicent? I am doing really well. Usually, I would say Los Angeles is a great place to be. Right now, I'm thinking you're in a greater place to be. A little jealous, not going to lie. No, it's uh, you should be, actually. (laughs) This is a... This is pretty sweet. That's all I can That's an appropriate sentiment. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) However, uh, I had to revisit the case that you did last week, uh, this double bubble case, because it was so severe that I think kind of walking through the options for treatment of the double bubble, which is when the breast implant drops below the breast gland. In the, uh, in the breast augmentation, basically in a malpositioned implant from breast augmentation. And this one that you did was so severe, and I'm so blown away by it, that you have to put the before and afters up on the podcast site, on your site. You have to put those on a billboard on yeah. Sunset Boulevard, because anybody who has this problem should be going to you. You nailed it on that case. And I want to talk about the ways that you can fix the double bubble. Well, thank you. Um, It was challenging. That was definitely a a tough case, I think, is an understatement. But a double bubble is something that is really only seen in an implant patient. You know, someone walking around without implants is never going to have a double bubble deformity. This is specific to patients that have breast implants. And the problem happens when the native fold, it's called the IMF or the inframammary fold. It's that distinct fold under the breast that separates the breast from the abdominal wall. It's an actual anatomic structure. And when you have implants in place, the implants are supposed to sit right on that fold. And that's what keeps them under the breast. Now, in some cases, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally, that fold is violated or it's released. And now there is direct continuity between the breast and the abdominal wall and the implant falls below the fold and it sits in a very awkward malpositioned place, which is what happened in this patient on both sides, on both breasts. And they were put in through the transaxillary approach, which I find to be, um, it's always kind of iffy. I don't love it. I do it once in a while. Uh, But when you go transaxillary, what I find is that the implants either ride too high or you release the fold too much and they ride too low. And, you know, this can happen with any approach, um, but the reality is with, uh, with your patient, I've never seen one that was so awful and it was really, really out of whack. Those implants were sitting way low, probably five centimeters below the inframammary fold, if I'm, you know, not mistaken. And it just was totally weird looking. Yeah, it was pretty bad. The implants were probably, when I measured it, they were about three and a half centimeters on each side below the fold. Um, And the implants themselves were really large. 
So that made it even more challenging because now you're dealing with a lot of extra weight on the breast and on the skin. And so any double bubble deformity, what you actually see, the reason it's called a deformity is because you have the implant and then you have where the old IMF or the old fold is, and that memory is still there on the skin. So it is still a distinct crease on the skin. And then you have below that, the new fold where the implant has sort of found its final resting place, which is the, the new fold. And that's what was a couple centimeters too low. And so it's a double bubble because you have the implant on top sitting under the breast. Then you have the old fold making a line and then the rest of the implant sitting below it. And then that's, you know, it's the double bubble. And it's a, it's a big problem because it's just really hard to fix. And there's no way around it other than by doing a revision surgery. Right. And the way that you did this was you used a device called Galaflex. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you did fold suturings. And I, and I want to oh, yeah. point out to everyone that the inframammary fold is an anatomic structure. You can't obliterate it. You can't get rid of it. I mean, you can try. There are things you can try and do to cut into it and thin it. But in general, it's a structure. It's just like the smile lines on your face. It's like the nasolabial fold. It is a definite uh, structure that histologically you see condensation of the fibrous tissues, making it into a a structure that isn't going to go away. So you have to manage it in terms of your planning of how to make the breast look nice. Right. And to be fair, sometimes we do intentionally lower the folds in surgery. Um, If we're trying to get a a very large implant into a very small breast, sometimes that is done, but that is done in a very controlled fashion where the memory of the fold is obliterated and it's reinforced somehow. Usually with, I use sutures. I'm going to lower the fold where my new fold is. I put a layer of sutures. So it's it's a controlled lowering. I know exactly where I'm putting it and I'm addressing the memory of the old fold by obliterating it somehow and creating a brand new one. I do that pretty infrequently, but it's when I do it, I plan to do it. It's usually when that is not a planned situation that this deformity develops. And when you're talking about fixing it, I typically like to try and put the fold back where we found it, like where it came from. Um, because that's usually where it's, it wants to be. And that's the best place for it. Sometimes that's a little hard to figure out, but I take where that fold was. I, I look and see where that memory is on the skin. And then I tack that down to the chest wall and recreate where it used to be. And I do that with a series of sutures. Um, I actually like to use permanent sutures. I know some people don't like permanent sutures in the breast. I happen to like them. I think they work really well. And it gives me peace of mind knowing that these sutures aren't going to go anywhere. So I usually do a a layer of interrupted permanent sutures, another layer of an absorbable suture. And then in this particular patient, I did another third layer of reinforcement with a mesh called Galaflex mesh. And that stuff works great. (laughs) It's uh, really effective. And I think it's it's a cost performer also, since these are typically cosmetic cases, they're not, you know, insurance doesn't pay for you to fix these type of things in most cases. So I think that's where, you know, the Galaflex comes in, which is great. I also like Stratus, which is a, uh, a um, ADM, a, a cellular dermal matrix product. And I also like Mesobiomatrix. I also like uh, Alloderm. There's a bunch of things that you can use that really work very well uh, for this situation. So with the Galaflex, you really have to know how to use this device. And 
tell me how you approached this case, because obviously you did your sutures first. Then what did the Galaflex do? Was it reinforcement? Yes, exactly. So Galaflex is kind of a game changer in this space. Galaflex is otherwise colloquially known as the internal bra. It's a piece of absorbable mesh um, that is placed inside of the breast. And you can use it for various reasons. In this particular case, I wanted it to reinforce the soft tissue in this area. And that's exactly what it does. This is a mesh that will go in and it sits right up against the breast tissue. And then it incorporates into the breast tissue and becomes a scaffold for the breast tissue to place new tissue on and to become stronger. So it makes the surrounding tissue stronger as it is absorbed into the tissue. If you go back in six months and cut open the breast, you won't see this mesh anymore. It'll be completely absorbed. But in the absorption process, it strengthens the surrounding tissues. So I really like it in places where I need strength. And I like it in patients who have thin, weak, stretched out tissues. So it's used a lot with mastopexies. This patient actually was having both. She had very stretched out skin, partly because of her anatomy and partly because she had these large implants that were in the wrong place. Her skin was totally stretched out. She needed reinforcement. And so that's what I use this mesh for. And I laid it along the suture line and along the lower portion of the breast to provide that strength. I mean, it looked awesome and the lift looked great. And I just think that for people who are looking to get their double bubble taken care of, and I, I do the same exact things you do. I use different devices depending on the, the patient, um, but the concepts are the same. It's, you know, reinforce the fold, put it back where it belongs, pick different implants that are going to work with the operation you're doing, do your lift. And then you did a very cool thing, which I've done only one other time, which is put a uh, shoelace bra on after the, uh, yeah. <laughs> after the operation, which, which I've seen, uh, other people do too. i I did it one time. I thought it was kind of cool, but it is a little bit of a hassle, but although I think your method was a little bit better than mine. Yeah. I love the shoelace. So here's the thing with the double bubble or really any time you mess with the fold, I have a huge, huge respect for the fold. Like it, I don't like messing with it unless I have to. And when I do, I really like, I I treat it like a baby. Like I really, really baby it, take care of it because I do not want to have to come back and redo this operation ever. And so my work is really hard intraoperatively. And then the patients have a lot of work to do postoperatively as well. And one of those things is this shoelace bra, which actually was, I believe, invented by Dan Mills, Dr. Mills down in Orange County. He has a paper on it. And I love it. I I feel like I should have shoelaces with my name on them because (laughs) I use them a lot. It's like my own little form of advertising. But it's it's basically shoelaces that you tie together and you create this little halter system and you wear, I put them over the patient's post-operative bras and it sits right against the fold. It doesn't irritate the skin. It doesn't mess with your sutures that you have there, but it gives an extra layer of support. I consider it like a cast. You put a cast on to keep things in place. So for six weeks, you wear this shoelace bra and it really just makes that fold scar in where I put it, which is what I want. Well, it looks great. And I congratulate you on the case. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I really respect the time and effort you put into that operation for your patient. And I'm sure she will 
reap the benefits of it because that was not easy. And I, anybody who, who does these cases as I have and, and you have knows that you have to give it everything you've got in order to make it work. It is very difficult. Revision breast. It is. It's a challenge for the surgeon. It's a challenge for the patient. It's a whole different ballgame than the original primary augmentation. It's. It's a lot. It's a much bigger deal. And on top of that, not only is that the big deal, but there can also be revisions of the revisions to some degree. And mm. that part, the patient has to kind of know yes. that you can't expect you know, a hundred percent, this is going to be a home run. You have to understand that there is going to be a percentage that don't work out right, that needs some revision. And that's just part of the deal. If you don't understand it, I don't think you can sign up and have this operation. No, that is for sure. And I definitely do tell patients that, you know, hopefully, you know, this is it, we're done and high fives and everybody's happy, but there is a chance and it's not a, it's not a small one necessarily that you may need something else done. And the something else will most likely not be to the degree that this initial revision was, but there may be something, you know, maybe we have to revise the mastopexy and maybe there's some scarring that's not great because there's a lot of moving parts to this, you know, implant changes. I had to do a whole brand new pocket. I didn't even talk about that. Um, you know, fixing the IMF, doing the mastopexy, like there's a lot of moving parts to this procedure and expecting them all to heal and gel perfectly is asking a lot. Um, will they be 90% better? Yes. If they want perfection, we may have to do a touch-up of something here and there. Well, great job. And thanks for uh, hopping on and getting this uh, discussion done with me today. I appreciate it. Uh, Hopefully next week we'll uh, be able to pull one together uh, because I think we're coming up on our 100th episode. We are. We have a big celebration planned. I don't know if we do or not, but but we should. (laughs) No, we will. It'll be huge. Um, I'm going to look. I think it's not this week, but the following week. So um, that's very exciting. So from that standpoint, I look forward to seeing you again in person. And this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Vella, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medi Spa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing... Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspawnewportbeach.com or rockspawbeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcoward.com.